the Taming the Shrew. My name is Adam Gatula, an emergency medicine intern at the University of Cincinnati. Today, I'm very fortunate to have Dr. Andrew Latimer, a UC Emergency Medicine Class of 2016 graduate and Senior EMS Fellow in the Department of Emergency Medicine at the University of Washington in Seattle. He's also the Associate Medical Director for Airlift Northwest. Today, we're going to discuss some of the challenges and logistics surrounding effective execution of ultrasound in the pre-hospital setting, specifically helicopter EMS. While medicine and medical technology continue to progress, so too does the rise of ultrasound. While many emergency departments have begun to adopt ultrasound as a common tool in their diagnostic toolbox, few have adopted ultrasound in the back of the helicopter, the side of the road, or in a cornfield where much of the pre-hospital medicine is practiced. Before we start, would you mind telling us a little bit about your program and your program's use of ultrasound in your pre-hospital environment? Yeah, absolutely, Adam. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure to be on Taming the Shrew. So Airlift Northwest is a not-for-profit academic hospital-based program that's an entity of the University of Washington medicine system. We have nine flight crews on a day. Our program is a nurse-nurse program, and typically we've flown with two nurses, one with a primarily adult emergency and critical care background and another with a pediatric emergency critical care background. We carry four units of blood on every mission, including our fixed-wing aircraft, have state-of-the-art defibrillators, ventilators, and, and kind of uh, our similar program in that sense with the level of medical care we can provide. We have ultrasound right now uh, at two of our bases, and it's in a little bit of a trial phase. Right now, we... Um, are using it on a subset of patients, and we've trained the nurses that work at those bases to do their scans, and we're evaluating this to put them kind of permanently on our aircraft and then hopefully spread them among around the whole program. You guys certainly have an impressive program, and I know I'm super excited to learn some of what you guys do and just to learn your thoughts on this evolving topic. Before we dig deeper into ultrasound utilization in the pre-hospital setting, could you tell us about the specific machines you guys are using aboard your aircraft and pros and cons of that machine? So we're using the Philips Lumify device right now. The Lumify device, if you've played with them, they're they're pretty sweet. I had seen them at conferences before. I have no, nothing to disclose here about Philips. Essentially, all the technology is within the probe that you hold, and they have different probes, so an abdominal or cardiac or a, an IV access linear array probe. And all the technology is in kind of the bulky probe handle, and it hooks up into an Android device. So it can be a phone or a tablet. And so because of that, the screens are pretty great. And then you're able to record and use storage available for video or for images that you take with it just on that Android device. The adoption of this modality has been slow for many reasons, including portability, cost, the training and technical expertise of the operators, and certainly time limitations. Have you experienced any of these barriers so far in your guys' experience? And if so, how do you guys overcome them? Adding something new that's complicated like this to the standard workflow of one of our critical care flight nurses is a challenge. It's a new skill. The typical flight nurse curriculum doesn't include ultrasound. And for a lot of our crews, this is the first time they're ever 
handling a device like this, I think there's a huge training burden. And really, I think this training burden is why this isn't adopted more widely around the country or in the pre-hospital setting, even on the ground side. It's just a lot of work. We're fortunate in Cincinnati where you've got a resident on board each of the aircraft, and not only can they teach the flight crews in real time, but the residents are pretty facile with ultrasound. So that's definitely a big barrier. For our limited use, so currently we're using the ultrasound devices primarily to identify pneumothorax. So we put together an hour training curriculum that includes some hands-on experience, and we're validating this training. Part of the problem is just introducing a new device uh, in this environment. When we have short flights, when we're flying the majority of our trauma patients, there's just not a lot of time. If they're sick, they're getting blood products, they're getting analgesia and sedation, there's other things going on in the aircraft, and so a lot of times it just gets forgotten. You need time to do it. So that's the big limitation. We're just adding more to the clinical workflow. Does this environment impact the quality of your exam? I think I think so. Um, it can be hard to get to all the parts you'd want on a patient. Um, from my experience with UC, uh, it can be really challenging to do a quality fast exam with somebody wrapped up in a trauma dressing inside an EC-145. Um, for us doing the, the fast exam, usually you're able to get to that part of the chest pretty easily. Um, but you need somebody to hold the screen for you with the way the device is set up. And so it takes two people's attention. Uh, another challenge we've had with it is just remember to bring it. We can't store them in the aircraft because of some of our airports aren't secured and the temperature extremes, the device can't sit out when it's so cold. So we often will have it where we store a blood product. Multiple studies have reported that portable ultrasound in the pre-hospital setting can actually save time in the overall care pathway. How do you use your ultrasounds in the essence of time? Do you tend to do it in flight or do you do it on the scene? I would advocate for doing it in flight just to avoid adding delays. That's a big concern. Putting in new technology that people are unfamiliar with definitely don't want to create delays and potentially cause harm. While it seems obvious that ultrasound could be used in the fast or in the thoracic ultrasound with pneumothorax, is there any other applications that you guys are exploring, such as maybe the rush exam or cardiac activity for a potential PEA patient? Yeah, I think all of those are potentially a useful indication. The big thing really comes back to what can we train all of our crews to do reliably. If your University of Cincinnati program or your Wisconsin med flight uh, place that has an emergency or critical care trained physician on board, this is much less of an issue. I think for sort of the rest of us, the big thing comes down to training and, and that burden. So I think FAST has obvious potential being able to divert your patients either from one hospital to another or directly to the operating room. The rush exam definitely would be interesting on longer flights. We have people sometimes for two and a half hours in the back of our Learjet. The cardiac arrest bit's interesting, helping you run through some of the reversible H's and T's, it's useful. I don't use it all that standard in the emergency department myself. There's a couple of good studies that will show uh, that our, our CPR pauses are quite a bit longer when you use ultrasound. Uh, so I definitely don't want to break what we do well, at least in the pre-hospital setting here in Western Washington. I think introducing a new technology that would potentially prolong these pauses, could we know that's bad for patients. So that's an interesting one. Definitely could be helpful in terminating arrest and from a utilization, resource utilization side, but I definitely don't want to harm the quality of our resuscitation.
Two studies have reported pre-hospital ultrasound leading to changes in the patient's therapeutic course. Have you guys had any experiences where your ultrasound has changed the patient's therapeutic course? And if so, what are those and what are some that you might anticipate in the future? Yeah, we have not yet. Politically, it'd be a big burden in our system. If we had some way to transmit information from a FAST remotely, that would help. I think we're quite a ways from that here, especially since we're not, we don't have any of our flight crews yet trained on FAST. Uh, potentially needle decompression when that's a decision that's a little bit more difficult to make in the back of the aircraft without that information. So uh, that's kind of where I see this going. The answer to the study is going to show us that we can train crews, even with not that much effort, to be able to interpret pulmonary ultrasound to identify lung sliding or not. That could be clinically useful with our within our program in the future. So just a couple last things to close on. What, if any, quality improvement measures you guys have? In that same regard, does your guys' ultrasound get recorded in your EHR in real time, or do these stay in a separate record? Right now, since we're still in kind of a research phase, we are not putting anything in the electronic medical record yet. We do have a way to download clinical images easily into the EHR later. All of them are being reviewed by one of our ultrasound faculty. They will review them both to assess quality and then what the quote answer is on the study. The out-of-hospital environment can be fairly unforgiving at times. Do you have any insights into how to prevent these machines from getting broken, dropped, or just allowing them to endure in such a rigorous environment? Yeah, I got nothing there. I am sure that if we put these out on all of our aircraft that they will get destroyed. It'd be great if they could come up with a, uh, a killer model that we can throw around like the tough book. We can't thank you enough for sharing your insights with us. Is there any closing comments you'd like to, to say about ultrasound in the pre-hospital setting? I'm really looking forward to see where the future takes us with this. I think we're still we're still searching for that killer application of it that will really change our patients' care. And it's out there. I just uh, I just don't have the insight.